you should just experience everything. Say yes. Like, like someone invites you to go like mountain biking, say yes. Someone invites you to go skiing, say yes. Like just say yes to as many things as you possibly can. And then you, you might find your calling in life. And then just never give up on your calling. Like life can get hard. You can have many obstacles, but don't forget like what you're here for, whatever, whatever your calling is. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 144 of Life in Motion. I've got Fabia Dubik with me, who's a professional rock climber, physician, cancer survivor, and has been on American Ninja Warrior. I'm excited to learn about her story and how the outdoors has helped write it. Fabia, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, I'm I'm so excited uh, to have you on, and you know, kind of as I mentioned in my brief intro, there's uh, sounds like a, a, an, an amazing story in the background. But before we kind of get into all those uh, different layers, let's start with kind of your your origin story. You know, where are you from? Where you grew up? Sort of what uh, what kind of started your your path down this lifestyle in the first place? So I like to say I'm from below the Mason Dixon line. I don't really have a home state because we moved around quite a bit before college, but all below the Mason-Dixon line. And that's where all my family um, still re resides. So I was born in North Carolina. Then we moved to Tennessee and then to Southern Maryland all before college. So that's where I'm from. I would say a little, little all over the place. I'm, I'm actually originally from uh, Virginia on, on the East coast. So um, didn't bounce around as much, but visited uh, Maryland and, and North Carolina and stuff. Um, was was there a favorite place, like w with all that kind of bouncing around? Um, I mean, before college, I liked. I guess I think I like Tennessee the best. I lived in Nashville, and I lived in Vanderbilt's dorms because my mom was a grad student. Okay. And we had married, like family married housing for all like the families lived, and so. The dorms were just filled with kids my age, and it was fantastic. <laughs> sure, uh, lo lots of fun to be had, and maybe some trouble to get into. <laughs> lots, lots of trouble <laughs> that my mom doesn't know about. Um, <laughs> but after that, I, I went to Massachusetts, New York, Ohio, then New Mexico. Um, and soon on Saturday, I go to Arizona. <laughs> So, so uh, I've been all over the place. That's awesome. So, so really, yeah, really all over the place and, and different, um, you know, kind of different uh, environments in that sense too, different terrain. So like with that bouncing around, like how did you sort of get into, um, the, the outdoors? Was it, was it kind of, uh, you know, family related or, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, some of those kids in the dorm or what, I guess, how did that start? Um, that didn't start, I didn't discover the outdoors until med school when I lived in Ohio. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I never, yeah, I never went for hikes or anything as a kid. We didn't do anything outdoorsy, um, growing up. I'm sort of the first outdoorsy person in my family. Um, and I just, well, I found rock climbing by luck 
I was visiting my mom, I think it was after I graduated college, before I started grad school, and she was in Nashville and I had nothing to do because I'd already like gone to see like every movie in the theater like twice. <laughs> I'd already gone to the mall so many times. I was like, I need something else to do. So I Googled uh, things to do in Nashville and rock climbing came up and then I tried it and I loved it. Um, and so in at Columbia, I joined like the Columbia Climbing Club and there I kind of learned about indoor climbing, but I had no idea that outdoor climbing even existed for <laughs> about maybe a whole other year later. <laughs> when, when I moved to Ohio and I joined the Cleveland Rock Gym and someone asked me, so like, do, do you like climb indoors or outdoors? And I was like, what do you mean outdoors? Like, do you like, <laughs> climb on like plastic holds on a tree? Like, I don't like <laughs> And so uh, one of the guys from the gym, he took me out bouldering and outdoors and I loved it. I think that was like 2010, 2011. Wow. That's awesome. And all, all from, you know, kind of being bored and, and watching all, all the movies. So what was it like, you know, I guess that the first thing, you know, a lot of people kind of are, you know, there's different opinions or not different opinions, but you know, you look at a tall wall, Hey, don't want to climb up there. And, you know, you got all the fingers, muscles going and all that stuff. Um, I am definitely not an experienced rock climber at all, but I've, I've dabbled. Um, like what was it about it? Like after you tried it the first time that I guess you slowly kind of continued that, that progression. <laughs> well, it's funny. You, you kind of mentioned that that progression wasn't linear. It wasn't, Oh, I tried rock climbing and I liked it. And then I just kept going. Um, actually there was like a little bit of a dip in there. So I first tried it and I thought it was just a real fun puzzle and very okay. different than my background because I had been a division one um, sprinter at Harvard and I had just, you know, just been running track my whole life. And this was, I got to use my upper body, which I, I was always stronger in my upper body than my lower body, but I didn't know of any upper body sports really. So um, I was happy that rock climbing kind of went to my natural strengths versus track. But uh, once I joined the Columbia Climbing Club, I went a few more times and I actually didn't like it. <laughs> and I <laughs> Why didn't, not? I didn't. I, I, I think, honestly, I was burnt out from all the working out since I was about five years old. So like from five until 21, I had been an like, athlete and a competitive athlete for most of those years. Okay. And my body was just tired and I love to work out, but I think I needed a break and I don't, but at that time I didn't see it as a break. I just saw it as, oh, I don't really like climbing. I'm going to stop. And so I didn't climb for most of my time when I lived in New York until the very end. And I was like, well, I spent all this money on a year membership. Like I bought a year membership from the start. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I calculated how many times I had to go uh, to break even and it was around like 11 times and around like six or seven, I like really fell in love and became obsessed. And, and that was like when I really started rock climbing like four or five times a week, my hands were all bruised. Like I couldn't open doorknobs because my hands hurt so much, but I, I just, I loved just the physical aspect of it, how like strong your arms had to be, how you could use your legs and be flexible. 
I just, I love the puzzle aspect. And then that's when like, I really, I never look back after that. <laughs> that's it's, it's really funny too, how, you know, you, you kind of went all in, bought the year long membership. And then that was getting ready to expire. And you're like, uh, wait a minute, I need to at least get my money's worth out of this. And then all of a sudden that kind of like threw you back into the mix of um, really loving it again and kind of going, going all out. Um, and yeah, I could, I could, uh, you know, I, I would probably uh, have a hard time opening doors, you know, after a couple hours at, at uh, a rock climbing gym or anything like that. So I could only imagine with uh, kind of how hard you're going at it. So. <laughs> yeah, my, my friends thought I was nuts. So like, why are you doing this so much? What's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, but it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and this was all while you were in med school, right? Uh, this was when I was getting my, so I, at Columbia, I was getting my master's in nutrition. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so and then go ahead. I was, I was, I was going to say, so like during, during that time, I guess, like once you started getting really into it, did you find like, you know, do that was a good balance as far as like a, a reset from, from the school and the studying and the masters and all that stuff to kind of help you balance the two lives? Uh, well, I, I kind of discovered, I became obsessed with rock climbing like in the last like month or two of it. So there wasn't really much left of school um, for me to balance. But the real question, that, that question really applies for when I start med school, like in July. Um, and rock climbing was a great escape from the stress of med school. Um, and that it, it really helped me balance my life out. And then I found that I could study while climbing and study while exercising so that I could really maximize both worlds. Like I didn't have to like stop climbing when I had a big exam. I could do both. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I, you know, I couldn't even imagine um, th that that balance. Uh, my, my sister-in-law is a, is a uh, pediatrician. I remember, you know, when she was. Uh, excuse me, in, in med school and all the, the crazy hours and everything, I can't even imagine, you know, her throwing, you know, a, a sport, uh, you know, into the mix, like, like you were able to do, which is, which is awesome. Well, going to Harvard and being pre-med and running track, it taught me time management skills very early. And it was a very hard lesson. Like it wasn't like an easy lesson to learn. Um, but when I learned that, it has helped me for the rest of my life. So it's, it's helped me make schedules and manage everything and make sure that I prioritize things appropriately to make sure that all my work gets done. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I, I took from college that allowed me to be able to climb uh, about six days a week and still go to med school. Wow. That's that's no, that that's awesome. Uh, and I, and I love that to be able to have that balance and of course, you know, fall back from the previous experience to do that. And then, so, so as you were, um, I think you mentioned your undergrad was, um, or pre pre-med or whatnot was, was nutrition. What was that the same, um, when you were in med school or, or I guess what was the, the path that way? Uh, so my undergraduate degree was actually in environmental science and public policy. And then my master's was in nutrition and oh, then the I got my yeah. MD. So I like to, so then I like to say I like studied the health of the world. So I studied the health of the planet and I studied like how to, you know, be healthy with food. And then I studied how to be healthy with medicine. Uh, but in, in med school, you know, the first two years are just 
general medicine. I mean, well, all of med school is really like that. But your third year or fourth year, you kind of pick what specialty you're going to go into. And so I picked pathology. And now I have finished residency and fellowship, and I'm a hematopathologist. And I'm actually going to start work at a new practice in Arizona next week, which is why I'm moving again. <laughs> oh wow! Well, c- congratulations for that. So, well, I, what what inspired you to to kind of go down that path in medicine? Uh, well, during my third year of med school, actually during my second year, I became sick, and then. I was diagnosed with advanced stage cancer early in my third year, but we didn't know what type of cancer I had. We just saw that I had this giant mass in my chest that was 13 centimeters. So pretty much, and I'm a petite person. So 13 centimeters is nearly my entire chest. Wow. And I was in the hospital for a month waiting for the pathologist to come back with the answer because the oncologist couldn't give me treatment, but they said I only had weeks to live. And so like every week I was in the hospital, I was like, oh, I'm closer to death without the pathologist giving me an answer. And I thought if I survive this, I'll become a pathologist so that I can help others move on to their diagnosis or move on from their diagnosis to their treatment as quickly and easy as possible. Wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but you know, obviously, uh, we're we're speaking today, so thing things worked worked out um, as they should have. So like d- during, or I guess you know, with with everything going on between med school rock climbing, obviously that news, everything. I guess did did that kind of shift your perspective on on life per se, as far as you know, they they say two weeks, and then it's obviously been much longer than two weeks. Um, about how like kind of your outlook on life almost. Oh, yes. It shifted so much in my life. Um, I know, like when you're going to medicine, you think, oh, well, you can have fun later because you're like, you know, med school isn't fun. Residency isn't fun. Fellowship isn't fun. Your first few years of practice, not fun. And so you're, you're going into this career knowing that you're pushing off the fun in your life for, you know, a decade or more. Yeah. And once I got that diagnosis and start my treatment path, I was like, I don't have, like, I may not have decades because I mean, once you have cancer once you get it again, the treatment you, you, you receive can cause more cancers. Like your life isn't just like hunky dory after you, after you've had like a serious cancer. Um, and so I just know now that I can get sick at any time and my whole life can be turned upside down. And so I try to make every decision so that I enjoy life now and not so much assuming that I can enjoy it later. And so I moved to New Mexico because I just I want to live in the desert, uh, which was not my plan before cancer. <laughs> yeah. um, I like I took a year and a half off after I finished fellowship to just travel and climb and enjoy life. Um, and so now I I definitely no longer do, do the delayed gratification. I mean, I, I have my responsibilities and I make sure those are fulfilled, but I try to make sure I have joy in every day. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, I, I love that. That's, that's so important. And, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy the, the people that take things for granted that don't find themselves in that kind of situation um, and that don't 
try to put a smile on them on their their face every day and 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 take advantage of the opportunities and it sounds like you've done an amazing uh a job at that so after after kind of that whole um uh, I, I guess uh, uh process and you said moving out and that kind of stuff and traveling uh rock climbing and whatnot what 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 I guess, what did that kind of look like? How, like, how did things kind of progress after that, um, you know, with rock climbing and, and outside and, and travel and everything? After the cancer treatment? Yeah. Or- yeah. After, after, after all that was, um, you know, kind of, you know, you, you got the good news and kind of, uh, worked things out that way. Kind of what, what were those, those, those kind of specific steps or like, what was the next, um, the next path on that road? Well, uh, during my cancer treatment, which took about a year, I was, I mean, during that whole year, I was pretty much bedridden and I couldn't lift my arms up. So after I finished my treatment and my surgeries, I, uh, I mean, I had to pretty much start at the basics at relearning how to use my legs again and how to like open a fridge. And evidently, I didn't relearn how to use my legs very properly. So I'm still trying to um, learn how to use them <laughs> uh, with my PTs. Because they're like, oh, yeah, like, you're st- has I got my port in my leg. And so where other oh. people have like muscles, I like I have scar tissue. And it causes a lot of pain. And so I like walk weirdly to compensate for that, which then causes like more back pain. It's a whole cascade of problems. Um, so that I'm still trying to work my way through that one. But in the beginning, it was just trying to get a general fitness and be able to raise my arms above my head. Uh, and that took many, many months. And after that, after I got over the initial hurdle of being able to kind of just use my arms, not like do a pull-up, but just like lift them up, feed myself, open the fridge. Then I kind of like went back into climbing and I just had to take it step by step, extremely slowly. Like it took me a very long time to climb the easiest problems in the gym. Things that most people, like when you just come to the gym, you can do when you've never climbed before. I had to work those for like weeks to be able to, to get the most basic strength level back. But after that, I made a training plan because I wanted to get back to where I was pre-cancer as fast as I could. And so I thought a training plan, an organized training plan would be the best way to do that. And I was right. And within about a year and a half, I got stronger than I was pre-cancer. Wow. And then I actually never looked back. So I haven't stopped training since then. I was like, whoa, this works. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, if you you find something that works to... to get through it and, you know, especially having the, the, the dedication, um, and the mindset to, to push, you know, push your mind and your body through that, you know, when you're kind of relearning the basic things in a sense. And of course, uh, you know, climbing, um, is, is an, an amazing story in itself. Yeah. It, I mean, I, the way I describe it, it sounds all like easy peasy, but it was definitely lots of emotional ups and downs and feeling frustrated that I couldn't do the things that I used to do. Um, but I never let it get me down. I never stopped. I was like, well, you can't do it now, but you'll get back to it. I I just had faith that doing the hard work and being extremely dedicated would get me to to where I was. Like my goal was just to be what type like the same climber I was before cancer. And now I have definitely like way surpassed that. <laughs> So, 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 and once you, once you did kind of get, get to that point, um, 
you know, obviously you surpassed that now, but when you first got to the point, you know, where you were prior to where, I, I, I guess, how did that, that journey, uh, kind of kind of end up as far as you know I, I know I mentioned a couple things you know you're a professional climber now and uh, you know you, you find yourself on an American Ninja War kind of how, how did those kind of things kind of progress uh, together? Well like I said I never stopped training so once I once I climbed my pre-cancer project I climbed my like I just went to my project one day post like all this training and I like climbed it no problem. Actually, in my, I was wearing my wedding dress, too. And I was like, whoa, look what happened. This is incredible. <laughs> and then I started, I jumped on all my other post, or pre-cancer projects. And then I, I sent them all. And I was like, what is this? And, and so I just, I, I kept training until, like, suddenly, you know, I started climbing double digits. And people are hiring me to teach clinics on, like, how to train and how to get strong. Because uh, I went from, you know, like, not being able to open a fridge door to climbing, you know, V11. Um, and, and then, you know, they're introducing me as pro climber and I, and I get all these sponsors and like, I was like, whoa, like and this all happened during residency where I'm trying to, you know, practice medicine and be a doctor for the first time. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I never, ever expected it or planned for this second career path to happen. Um, I actually said when I started rock climbing that it was just going to be for fun because I was so burnt out from all like the track years. And then here I am <laughs> still like doing some competitions and I like, I, I guess I just can't help myself. Um, and then that's kind of where uh, American Ninja Warrior came in. NBC called me up and they thought I'd be a good candidate for uh, competing on the show. And Evidently, I, I can't say no to a challenge and I love competing. So I, I said yes. And I did it for, I believe it was season 10 and season 11. That's awesome. And one, you're, you're kind of, you know, living two separate lives there between the, the, the med, the med stuff and then the, the rock climbing. Um, so, so when they, when they found you, was that from those competitions and stuff that you were doing or videos you put out, or I'm just wondering why they haven't, haven't called me yet. I'm just wondering if I need to start putting more time. <laughs> it was from my Instagram videos that they found me. <laughs> Probably the one arm, the one arm flat pull-ups, uh, people generally like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. So, so, so once, you know, you got that kind of surprise call in that sense, uh, obviously, you know, that, that is a challenge. So it, it fit kind of your personality, uh, to go after that. What, what was sort of that, that process like, uh, especially, you know, doing two seasons or whatnot? Um, it was, it was hard. Um, American Ninja Warrior or Ninja Warrior, like the sport is, um, not my, uh, like it's not something I'm a natural at. At least the lower body parts. The upper body parts are, are fun and are, I really enjoy them. But the parkour uh, took a lot, a lot of learning. Um, and so when I walked in the first day to my gym, Ninja Force here in Albuquerque, I didn't tell them that NBC had called me to be a Ninja Warrior because I was so bad. I was so embarrassed. And so they like set up like this beginner course with just like these steps that everyone that they have set it up for has completed. 
and they set it up for me and I try to do it. I scream my head off. I'm terrified. I make them hold my hand. And to this day, they're like, yeah, we haven't seen anyone so terrified of that first easy obstacle. (laughs) 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 Other than you. (laughs) But they were actually like, they were so nice about it. They didn't ridicule me. They didn't laugh. They just held my hand and they helped me got help me get through it and I mean eventually I was able to you know do those obstacles by myself and um and I and I, I told them I was like yeah I'm gonna be on Ninja Warrior in a month or two so I really have to like learn the basics <laughs> and they're like okay well we got a ways to go but we got you and they were incredibly supportive and they they really got me to do like way better than I, I thought I would. And then on my first year when I, I messed up, I made a rookie mistake that I just didn't know how to do a lache properly. Um, and so after I fell there, I like came back to the gym and I mastered my laches. I was like, they're, they're not going to stop me on laches. <laughs> and uh, I like just did lache, lache, lache. And luckily on my second season, the obstacle two and obstacle three were both laches. And I was like, ah, yes, <laughs> I cruised them. But unfortunately, obstacle uh, one and four, the fourth one was a parkour type obstacle. And I had been taking like private parkour lessons to prepare for it because every year there's more and more parkour on it. You don't know what the obstacles are ahead of time. But like I just knew that parkour is my weakness and that there was more of it. And so I tried the fourth parkour obstacle, but it took me out. But, you know, I did the first parkour uh, obstacle. So I was really proud that I was able to do that one. And the second, the second one that I encountered, it was just slightly above my, my pay grade at that time. But unfortunately, I got a spinal cord injury. And so I had to retire from Ninja. Well, it still sounds like a, a an amazing kind of adventure in, in itself, kind of, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, holding their hand to kind of get over that first kind of training and then, you know, doing doing two seasons of it and 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 challenging yourself that way. I, I could uh, I, I would think it'd be a lot of fun and a lot of competition, a lot of competitive spirit going on there. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I have to say the ninja community is fantastic. They're not just my gym, but. When you go to, I went to various comps, like I went to, on the TV show, but I also did comps outside of the show and everywhere people were supported. Like even on the show, my competitors were giving me tips about how to do obstacles. And I, I couldn't believe how fantastic the community was. That's all. Awesome. So wh- why do you think that is? Cause that means, you know, some, you hear some sports and, and stuff and, and some people, it, you know, they're, they're not as willing to uh, give out those tips to, to the competition. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe because on American Ninja Warrior, we kind of feel like it's like the athletes versus the show. And we we want everyone to do well. And honestly, until you get to the, the very end, um, you know, most people don't make it up the warped wall. So giving people tips how to do the other obstacles probably isn't really going to affect your placement um, at the end. But I also think it's just really great people who do this and they just want everyone to succeed. They want everyone to be able to do their best and they know it's hard and they know that everyone has trained really hard to be there. And so they, 
the other competitors just want to see you succeed. It's just a good group of people. So all I can say is just they're just wonderful. <laughs> that's that's all i can't i can't well i guess i've I've met you now so and you seem pretty great but outside of yourself i haven't met anybody else so i'll um i'll I'll make sure they they withhold their standard if i do though (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure they will (laughs) so so kind of after that that journey um you know i I guess diving a little bit back into the the rock climbing wall specifically you know kind of from the professional side you know different different events and, and competitions and stuff are there like any like favorite like places that you've been because of rock climbing or um you know maybe you know whether that be a competition or you know just going out with friends to travel or whatnot uh you know any any kind of really kind of special memories that really kind of tie it all together in that oh definitely i've mostly made my career on being an outdoor climber versus a comp climber um and so i mostly just travel to go to different outdoor crags. And a crag is what we call like a place where you go climbing, where you go bouldering. My very, very favorite place to boulder in the entire world is in El Paso, Texas, called Waco Tanks. Um, It's the birthplace of bouldering, which is where you climb without a rope, which is what I do, um, in our country. So our grading scale comes from Waco and... um, it's just a magical place. It has something for everyone. The rock is solid, but sharp. Like it will cut your fingers up, but almost no matter what type of climbing you like, that climbing is there. And it's kind of rare to find any place in the world with such a high density of boulders where a beginner climber and a pro climber can all climb like in the same boulder in the same cave like my favorite cave is called martini cave and in there it goes up to about v15 but you can start on like a v5 and so you there's people all sorts of backgrounds sitting in this cave all climbing in the same area and there's just not many places in the world where you can have such a variety of grades on the same boulder (laughs) So I really, really, I love Waco. And it's actually one of the reasons why I went to New Mexico to get closer to Waco tanks. But I also, this year, I went to Spain, to Abercín, to to Boulder. And it was wonderful. I have to say, I truly enjoyed the the small town life there. And all the climbers, and the climbers were from, again, all over the world. So I met people um, who were, you know, from different countries in Europe, from the U.S., from like Australia, um, and it, it's just a nice bonding time. Like you, I went there alone, and so I just like met friends at the crag, and you kind of like in that week, I felt like I had like a family, a little like Spanish family. It was <laughs> it was it was very special. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that that sounds amazing. Um, and, and to be able to kind of. It, go could go to other countries and kind of experience that culture and kind of having that same welcoming atmosphere as you know um over here and whatnot is uh some amazing uh awesome memories to kind of go along with all that yeah i think that's one of the great things about rock climbing is that you can go to different places around the world and you can go alone and you can pretty much guarantee that you're gonna you're gonna find other similar-minded people there that you're going to get along with and that you're going to, you're going to support. We just can't, 
Like we just can't help ourselves. So when you see someone climbing, no matter the grade, it could be B0, it could be B17, you see them struggling at the top, everyone will just gather around and say, come on, you can make it, you can do it. <laughs> and they will like support this person. They don't know who that person is to get to the top because we all know how important it is and how good it feels to get to the top of that boulder. And we want the other person who's climbing to like, to feel that, we want them to achieve that. And and that's why I, I like rock climbing because I can go anywhere and know that I kind of speak the same language. You know, even we don't speak the same like, language <laughs> like English, but we speak the same climbing language. And we, we all know like what the main goal is and you support just like randos to get up the wall because we're like, oh, that's what we're here for. We're all here to get to the top. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's really cool because, you know, obviously it's a it's a independent sport. You know, you're kind of competing against yourself, but at the same time, you, you do have that team around you uh, that, that want you to reach your goal and you're doing the same for them too. So it, it, it kind of creates a, a good mix, it sounds like, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you People would definitely get competitive with one another, like who's going to be the first one to top, but uh, but still, it's still very supportive. It is uh, like an individual butt team. Also, you need, often you need spotters. So you need that team to make oh, sure yeah. that you don't uh, <laughs> fall and snap your leg in half. You, you, you got to have some uh, some trust in there, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I, I have a great climbing partner. And I trust him like 200%, probably a little too much. And so when he spotted me, I feel like I can do anything. <laughs> He's down there like, oh, don't, don't do that. Don't, please don't do that. <laughs> Actually, one time I was climbing this high ball that was kind of over pointy rocks. And I didn't realize that he was no longer beneath me anymore because I had gone a little bit too left. And he couldn't get over there because of the pointy rocks. But oh. I was just climbing and I thought, well, Dave has me. He has me. I can climb <laughs> this whole thing. And I, I got to the top. I was like, thank you, Dave, for the spot. And he's like, I was not spotting you. I was terrified. Like, <laughs> 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 if he fell, it was really bad. There was no catching you. I was like, oh, well, I didn't know that. I thought you had me. So I, I did it. <laughs> Well, well, if anything, you know, the moral support is, is enough, at least to, to help you uh, through whether or not, uh, you know, they're there to catch you or not. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, glad, glad that glad that worked out for you, though. Uh, <laughs> um, so so as you know, you're getting ready, you're, you're, excuse me, you're getting ready to move again uh, to, to Arizona, I think you said, and, and kind of start. Um, you know, the kind of the next level within the med school, what are, are, are there kind of any next, next steps, next, uh, kind of goals kind of over the, you know, the next year that, that you're looking to accomplish kind of, um, in, in kind of these different aspects? Well, I, I hope to succeed at my first real job, um, as a pathologist, like practicing on my own. So I'm, I'm really nervous about that. I start on Monday or well, I guess whenever this airs, but I start soon and so I, I hope to enjoy that job and to really help people get accurate diagnoses swiftly so that they can move on to treatment. But in terms of climbing, um, I'm hoping to climb. I have a V13, V14 project here in Albuquerque that I'm hoping to finish relatively soon. So that is my main goal for this year is to, to send that. 
That's awesome. Well, I'm sure um, that will go smoothly, and uh, you know, sure, sure, everything will go smoothly with with your work as well. You know, obviously, I, I love the um, your 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 wanting to to help other others, which which is amazing. And 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 speaking of which, kind of one thing I always like to ask our guests is sort of one one piece of advice that they can take away from each episode. Um, and I, I think, you know, given given your story um, and the, the different uh, things that, that you've done and, and have gone through, what what would your advice be to someone uh, that might not have any anything medically, uh, any medical issues, anything like that? But how what would you tell them to, like, make sure that they kind of did what you did? You know, it was kind of some unforeseen circumstances that that you fought through. And obviously, um, you know, things have, have changed a lot since then. But to have that perspective to enjoy life every day, find that smile, find that gratitude, the kindness, kind of everything that it, that you're have been projecting this whole episode. How, what would you what would your advice be, I guess, for people to create that mindset within themselves? That's a very good question. Well. I guess first would be to, if you don't, like I have climbing where I, I know that's my passion in life, that that's why I'm here. Um, like I was, I'm here to climb. And so I make decisions to make sure that I'm able to climb several times a week. So even if it's like just for an hour that I can get that little piece of joy. But if you don't know what your main passion in life is, I would say, that you should just experience everything. Say yes. Like, like someone invites you to go like mountain biking, say yes. Someone invites you to go skiing, say yes. Like just say yes to as many things as you possibly can. And then you you might find your calling in life and then just never give up on your calling. Like life can get hard. You can have many obstacles, but don't forget like what you're here for, whatever whatever your calling is. Yeah, no, I, I love it. You know, see, seize the opportunities as they come up and, and kind of continue to, to follow, follow what, what you believe in that sense and to, to continue on. So I think that's that's great. And to that point, where can people um, keep up with you online uh, to to follow, uh, you know, your, your, your new job uh, and, of course, your rock climbing career and kind of as, as things kind of progress, where, they, where can they uh, find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I am Feline Fabia because we we have five cats and a dog, so <laughs> <laughs> you will find lots of uh, animal workouts. <laughs> I like to use my my pets as uh, weights. <laughs> so. Love it. So 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 definitely ch- check her out. Check out the uh, the animal weights, uh, and then kind of see how how her journey kind of progresses. Um, but I, I I really loved uh, hearing your story. Um, really inspiring stuff, and I wish you the best of luck uh, in your new chapter. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.